Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. My Believe in Broncos podcast is presented by my friends at Superbook Sports. They have the most favorable pricing and better odds. They are the leader in Las Vegas for over 30 years. They have extensive wagering menu for everything you want to bet. And the mobile app, it's now available at Superbook.com. Coming soon, they will be at the Lodge Casino in Blackhawk. So sign up today and start betting. Welcome to the Believe in Broncos podcast. I am your host, Troy Rank from Denver 7. It is a wonderful week. The sun's back out. It's starting to feel like summer. We're going to be getting outside. I'm hoping to actually get outside, do some stuff. It feels different finally as we have a at least a sense of a return to normalcy. And that was a great announcement that, that came this week as the Broncos will be able to operate at full capacity at Empower Field at uh, Mile High and like a lot of teams it, they missed their fans and Broncos country would be near the top of that list of you know missing their fans so again this week we've been able to go to OTAs uh, get a better impression of what this team looks like and also uh, I had a chance to catch up with my man from NFL Network James Palmer and uh, he was kind enough to sit down with me for a 20-25 minute interview go over a bunch of topics including the Broncos quarterback position Aaron Rodgers, and maybe some other teams as well that James covers on the daily. So we'll get into that first. But again, the big news midweek for the Broncos is that the Denver Department of Health uh, has changed their stance and fully allowed full capacity and in power field at Mile High. That starts with the preseason. That will be during the regular season. And I can't tell you how much players missed it. I had players, several players telling me that you know, they're professional athletes, and they understand that this is their job, but it was difficult, like, coming out in the introductions and then at, uh, after halftime to generate their own energy. They feed off it. it. There's this relationship in football between the crowd and the big moments, and especially on defense, uh, where you feel the, the crowd just caffeinating you, uh, if you will. And I had multiple players tell me, when they come out of the, the locker room at halftime, uh, to the sounds of silence, uh, it's just, yeah, you generate your own energy, but it's like a practice or it's like uh, a scrimmage, you know, the, back to their old days of a high school scrimmage. And remember, some of these guys played in front of crowds of 14, 15, 20,000 in high school, those who played in Texas or, or Ohio or some of these states. Um, and obviously, a lot of these guys played big time college football. So the, the crowd has been part of their life since they were 16, 17, 18 years old. And then at the highest level, it was gone. And so, and at 5,700 people, it wasn't exactly a loud crowd. There were a couple moments it was where the Broncos didn't play particularly well last year, as we know, 5-11. and 11. Uh, They got smoked at home a couple of different times, including by the Chiefs and the Bills. And Broncos country, the ones that were there, they were angry at times, especially with the offense. 
part of that's because they had 11 first half touchdowns compared to the that was the worst in the league and the Packers had 39 so it's hard to get the crowd involved offensively when you're punting when your punter is your MVP of your offense that's not a way to get the crowd going uh, the wave I'm not a fan of even the waves a better way to get your crowd going than trotting out your punter nine times so but the announcement this week full capacity it also means good things for the all-star game July 13th in Denver, as we know, uh, Coors Field will be hosting that. So that will be, uh, based on the announcement from the health officials, that will be full capacity as well. But I've talked to all the rookies, uh, save for Pat uh, Sertain. I will talk to him uh, this week as well, but the other nine draft choices. And, you know, they just talk about how they can't wait to walk out of that tunnel at Evan Power Field and feel the love of Broncos country, that sea of orange and blue and, you know, some of them played at Ohio State, so they know what that passion looks like from fans. Others didn't. You know, you know, Javante Williams was saying that, hey, I played in North Carolina last year. No fans. Like, he had a great year, but they miss it. You know, they miss the fans and that connection. And you can go back and listen to one of my older podcasts with Melvin Gordon. He thought part of the reason he struggled to connect in his first year in Denver, there were a number of reasons, you know, slow starts. And he had an off-field issue trying to take away carries from the second most popular player on the team and Philip Lindsay. But he said, I didn't have a connection with the fans, not having them in the building. You know, he missed that connection with the fans. He thinks if they were there in person, that would have helped his connection. So again, that's the news of midweek is that it was trending in that direction. And now the coast is clear, the Broncos to have um, sellout crowds again, full capacity at Empower Field at Mile High. And this season sets up for certainly to contend for a playoff berth for the first time since Super Bowl 50. That's the last time they made the playoffs. And at the very least, they need to end their four-year losing streak. You know, that hasn't happened since 1962 to 73. And if you look at this schedule, and we've talked about it on previous podcasts, the minimum is 9-8. and eight. And that's what Vegas has them favored in nine games. And their home schedule sets up for seven wins. I mean, really, they have a an absolute uh, treat of a home schedule. It's not the sexiest opponents, but in terms of a team trying to regain traction that's been climbing uh, Mount Evans and Crocs the last few years, this schedule allows them to gain traction. But it's not going to happen without significantly improved play from the quarterback position. Uh, The Broncos offense has been the equivalent of of an iPhone sitting in a bed of rice the last four years. They score 20, 21 points a game. You can't win in the NFL doing that. Can Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke be better and improve and get this offense uh, humming to where it's, you know, ranked 15th in the league, perhaps, in points scored? Uh, Or is there the mystery candidate behind door number three, and that would be uh, Mr. Aaron Rodgers? Will he be in play for the Broncos as the summer uh, continues and as we plod toward training camp? I will touch on all those issues with my friend from the NFL Network, an absolute superstar for that network, James Palmer. And I'll hit and touch on, ask him about all the big questions affecting the Broncos and some, some of the bigger issues affecting the league moving forward. And that comes up right after the break. My show is presented in part by Hoggett Injury Law. With us, it's personal. Speaking of personal, let me tell you about my friend Darby Hoggett. I've known Darby for about a decade, coached his son in travel baseball. We used to hang out at games, talk about sports, especially the Denver Broncos. He's a big fan. We have become good friends. In fact, many of his clients have become his good friends. You don't even have to pay Darby up front. If your case goes as planned, Darby will be the one writing checks to you. If you've been hurt in a car wreck or injured at work, give his team a call at 
833-HOGGIT. That's 1-833-H-O-G-G-A-T-T. Or find out more, visit their website at www.hoggetlaw.com. Welcome back to the Believe in Broncos podcast. I am your host, Troy Rank from Denver 7. I am joined by the superstar from NFL oh. Network, James Palmer. Look at that hair. I knew it would look good. That That's my jealousy right there, James. How does that hair, do you just wake up with that hair? You're like movie star hair every day? You know, it's funny, Troy. I, I was down in Jacksonville for the week of the draft with a ton of anticipation on who they're going to take number one overall. So we were on pins and needles all week leading into Thursday night. But I actually spent the day on Friday with Trevor Lawrence and his, and his new wife. And we were kind of walking around the facility, doing all sorts of stuff throughout the day. And she was had said, like, I'm so envious of his hair. Like, he wakes up and it air dries like that. Like, that gorgeous, flowy gold locks is just out of the shower air dry perfection i mean that's what we're all striving for you know trevor lawrence hair we all do it in our own manner but i think i got an okay quaff up there i think we're doing okay no absolutely and james i appreciate you joining me you're a busy man all year round the, the nfl is becoming an 11 and a half month business the way <laughs> the schedule works with the schedule uh, with preseason and the draft and the release of the schedule but let's talk some broncos first you've spent a lot of time around the broncos the last four or five years that's how i've gotten to know you it was way more interesting when they're winning with Peyton Manning, they haven't been in the playoffs in five years. Uh, they've had a losing record four straight years. But we'll start at quarterback. Let's let's hypothetically for this discussion, James. It's Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke. What are you hearing? What are, what should Broncos country look for? Look for as this quarterback derby plays out. It is exactly that. And if there were a few telling things early in my mind, Troy. One, that Drew Locke being the incumbent has no advantage, no leg up, no taking the first reps. You know, when Vic Fangio says, I may flip a coin, and he's saying it jokingly, that also shows me, I mean, like being the guy that's been here for a couple of years and going into this year in this quarterback battle, he has no advantage of being the guy that's been around. And they want to make this as evenly matched as possible. To me, that's pretty telling. That's saying we're wiping the slate clean between these two, and he doesn't have any sort of leg up being in the system for a year, and he's going to come out there, take the first reps. No, that's not going to be the case. To me, that's pretty telling. Two, I do know that those people in the front office, and George Payton you know, specifically knows Teddy Bridgewater well, I think they do believe they can win double-digit games with Teddy Bridgewater. I think they think there's more of a question mark with Drew Locke. I do think George Payton has handled this quarterback situation this offseason brilliantly. Some people might be mad, myself included, when they passed on Justin Fields, just because I knew, Troy, we'd spend more time together if Justin Fields was in camp here, and I'd see you more, and obviously being a Buckeye, I wanted Justin Fields, but I do think he's kept the position flexible, which if you look at, and we'll get into Aaron Rodgers and what could happen in 2021, they have more position flexibility there than a lot of other teams that now have been this is what we're doing. You take Justin Fields, you now have no more options over the next couple of years. That is where you put all your eggs, and that's what you have to stick with. He has remained, I think, flexible at the position, but also upgrading it and getting it better. I think Drew needs to show this offseason because we know how aggressive he can be. The deep ball's great. The arm is fantastic. Can he play better under pressure? Because when he's pressured, he's just not a good quarterback last year. Can that change? Can the supporting cast around him with the return of Cortland Sutton show that he is a better quarterback in a sense, because it was difficult last year. And then do you get more out of Teddy Bridgewater? If you look at the way the team's built, if he doesn't turn the football over, you run the football. Well, you have a good slate of receivers. You have a really, really good tight end. The offensive line seems to be better each year. 
and you have a really dominant defense, is that how you want to go out there and beat the Chiefs? Is that your recipe to beat Justin Herbert or to beat Patrick Mahomes? Playing great defense, running the ball, you improve your secondary. I don't know if that works, but at the same time, Drew needs to be better under pressure, more accurate. I think you know what you have in Teddy. Now you want to see him operate under your eyes in, you know, in front of you. But I think there's less questions there, and I think they do think they can win double-digit games with Teddy. Yeah, I asked George Payton during the draft if he thought Teddy Bridgewater could lead this offense to 25 points a game, which for me is kind of that line of demarcation if you want to be a playoff team. They haven't averaged 21 points per game since Peyton Manning retired. And Teddy, to me, that's why I give him a slight edge is because of what you mentioned, James. He can take care of the ball. He could be perhaps better than a game manager, but they have to get off to a fast start. One thing I would ask you, because you and I have been around Drew Locke a lot. I like Drew. I like you know his confidence and his swagger, but I do think he struggles with playing with emotion and being emotional. Like he wants it so badly, but he's never been in a quarterback competition, really. I, I think he was a starter as a sophomore in high school, and he started his freshman year in Missouri. I mean, I, I mean, is he going to press? How do you, do you have a read on how you think he will handle this? I know he's prepared. He's done everything, but it's different when they're looking at every throw every day and somebody's over there writing it down. I do agree with that. And I think there's a couple of things we can read into that says, I'm not sure this is going to affect Drew all that match. One, I was told repeatedly by people inside the building, even when the Deshaun Watson rumors were starting long before his off the field issues, this isn't impacting Drew's psyche at all. Like he, this, this is not impacting the way he's going about his off season, the way he thinks he is as a player and the way he operates kind of in his personal life and away from the field. Hearing those things for the last several months show me that like the scrutiny of, of having the eyes on you, things just don't really bother Drew that much. The other part is if you look at the way he plays, I mean, he has amnesia at the quarterback position. He could throw four picks like, like Brett Favre and come back and there is going to be no sort of timidness about him wanting to push the football downfield and scared of that fifth pick. Like, he does have that ability to just erase it kind of like a corner and just go right back into this is how I operate. This is how I play. I think those two things help him out. And then also his comments when we spoke to him for the first time in a long time, right? When he said, my, my approach this off season was this, I'm going to be the best. And he always says Q instead of quarterback, which I think is fantastic. I'm going to be the best Q I can be this off season, whether it's for the Broncos or for someone else or playing somewhere else. I know I'm the guy like, that mentality of like just making it very centric to what you and those people close to you handle, I think he can handle pressure really, really well. But you're right with the emotional side of things. He plays with a little bit of emotion. I think sometimes that's good. I think sometimes that can get the locker room to gravitate towards you other times. But at the same time, in a quarterback battle, I think you got to show that calmness in a sense as opposed to getting fired up because it probably in those situations, I don't know how much it helps you. Right. getting you know irritated or, or upset when you're in a quarterback battle and everything's on you so I do think he does have the right mindset to handle this but you're right it's completely different than last year last year it was like hey man you're the guy you're the guy and that might not have been best for a young quarterback like Drew Locke and, and I think the other telling part when he talked to us was I might look back at this and go this competition pushed me to be the type of player that I maybe would never have gotten to if I wasn't in this quarterback battle to me, that's a very veteran type of mentality for, for a young player. Absolutely. Every time he says Q, I think of barbecue because I'm fat and yeah. I like to eat. Yeah. And I, every time he says, I'm like, what is it? Makes he me feel old, actually. Like, he's <laughs> like, man, I'll be the best Q I can be. I was like, man, I haven't even heard that, like, around the league in 
years. So <laughs> like kids, kids shorten everything because of Twitter. Uh, I was joking with one of my sons. He's like, this guy's name's Dan. I'm going to just call him DN. <laughs> like everything's short. <laughs> yeah. You're just eliminating one letter. Like yeah, just, just D you're just D right, my name's Dan. No, you're just D. You just got to go by that. Yeah. I got to keep exactly. it short. Well, we got to bring up the one quarterback that's hanging over this whole off season and it's producing more hot takes is the frosty relationship between Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. June 1st was considered at least one date that think there might be movement, not necessarily a trade, because you can spread his cap hit over two years. You get mm-hmm. $17 million essentially one year, uh, 11. So it, it's more manageable. Uh, what are you hearing on Aaron Rodgers? Would you expect the Broncos to be, as you brought up before, they're flexible, be nimble enough to get involved if this drags out, James, until like the start of training camp? Oh, I think they'd be involved, Troy. I think they would definitely be one of the few teams, and that's a big part of this as we break this down, one of the few teams that has the ability to go after Aaron Rodgers right now. And to me, that plays a bigger factor than people are acknowledging. Why, as the Packers, would you want to put this guy on the market right now if you legitimately think he will never play for you again and your only option is to trade him, which I don't believe is the Packers thinking right now. I think they still think he will come back at some point He has lost a $500,000 workout bonus, but again, that was never in his pocket in the first place. So he hasn't lost $500,000. He just never got it. And now (laughs) 93 grand. I mean, I'm I'm talking in terms of like Aaron. I mean, to me, I'm like, oh my God, this is the world's largest money to pass up. I can't believe you're doing this. But then for a mini camp, it's 93 grand, um, which to Aaron Rodgers is not all that much money. I think they're going to wait it out to see if he's willing to start losing 50 grand a day, which is what it is with the new CBA during training camp. And that's a number that the team can just say, oh, no, no, we're not going to find you. The new CBA didn't allow that. Like you have to pay that 50 grand a day that you miss when he starts really losing that. And I think the first preseason game would be a game check, which for him, I don't want to speak out of turn, but like it's over 800 grand yeah. um, for, for that check. So they're going to wait this out and see. So back to the original point of, Yes, the Broncos will be very interested. I think George Payton will take a very strong push to make a play for Aaron Rodgers. I think right now they're comfortable where they're at. They're not sitting there calling Green Bay every single day going, we have no quarterback. Like, I think they're, they're, they're going to sit and wait and they're comfortable where they're at. But they're one of few teams that could be in the play for this. Does that behoove the, the Packers in this situation at all? Like, does it help them if they're trying to get as much capital as they possibly could for the reigning MVP, if they are going to be the team that trades the reigning MVP, right. you want as much possible. Well, the fewer teams that are involved, that's, a, I mean, that's just, I mean, we all know that, right? There's less bidding for teams to go after him. To me, it would be, all right, let's see, let's call his bluff and let's go over this trading Aaron Rodgers situation in the off season, March of 2021, when you have a number of teams that could potentially be interested in Aaron Rodgers. Does that not, benefit your organization greater what do the Panthers have in Sam Darnold did Tua Tungavailoa perform is Miami involved is are the Titans you know moving on from Ryan Tannehill did Carson Wentz work in Indianapolis are the Raiders now another year not making the playoffs and John Gruden's 10-year 100 million dollar contract is even more weight on Mark Davis's shoulders do the Raiders even make a stronger push? I think your market is much greater next off season because there's more teams to potentially be interested and you know where the draft picks lie. You make a trade right now as the Packers, you don't know where you're getting those picks within the draft. What if you do a trade with the Broncos to give you like two firsts and you know you're giving them the MVP and they have a pretty decent roster, you might be getting two firsts late in the first round, right. like you know, over the next two years and a couple of players. So 
I think they're going to call his bluff and I think they're going to wait this out. And, and I, I really do think this thing's going to drag and potentially who knows, maybe in camp, a quarterback goes down of a team that is Super Bowl contender and they're willing to mortgage the future and go and do that. I just think right now we are all waiting for June 1st because of the money situation. Tell me this, Troy, at any point, did you ever think Aaron Rodgers stance of never returning to the Packers was as strong as Deshaun Watson's early in his stance when he said he's never returning to the Texans. To me, it was almost, in knowing people area, like it was almost like Deshaun Watson's never coming back. Right, he's done. He's not. I don't know if we could say it with that certainty about Aaron Rodgers right now as it was with Deshaun Watson then. Well, the interesting thing, was because you bring up some great points, James, is is Rodgers just want out. Like Deshaun just wants out, Like Mm -hmm. his legal issues aside. Because everyone's like, well, if he comes to Denver, there's not a better Super Bowl place for him right now than Green Bay on paper. Because if you're talking Raiders, Dolphins, Broncos, like you said, there's a, only a few teams. They're not trading him to the Niners. And they got Lance. And it's likely they would want it to be in the AFC so they don't see him in the playoffs. Um, so would he not play for them? I've heard different things from people that kind of know Rodgers. Some saying it's fixable and believing this is repairable with a new contract and basically doing the Jimmy G to Jordan Love and getting rid of him. And that would show him the respect of kind of rubbing their nose in it. You screwed up and we want to move on uh, from Jordan now and show you we love you. That could help it. But the only danger I think there would be in your strategy is then at age, what, 38, without playing a season, would that bring down the haul you could demand? And But your counter-argument's well, that, fair. That, that there'd be way more teams involved. Exactly. But that doesn't mean he doesn't play this year, Troy. You could convince him, like, hey, let's go try to win a Super Bowl for those Packers fans you said you love so much, for those teammates you said you love so much, for Matt LaFleur and his staff you love so much. Come back for another year. And then we can negotiate in 2021 about they do that without a contract, do you think? Well, I, well, they had, the numbers have been put out there. I mean, like they've, they've talked about extending him in terms of more guaranteed money and things like that. It seems like that's not really the sticking point. It's he um, and the GM, right? He and the Exactly. And, and a lot of this is communication skills. And, and right. if you listen to people that have been in that building over the years, they're tremendous at evaluating talent. They're tremendous at drafting players uh, out and, and making moves and, and playing well within the salary gap, never overstretching themselves. The people skills have kind of somewhat lacked sometimes. And the other part that makes this difficult is there's no acting owner to step in and right. be the guy that comes in and goes, I'm putting both of you in a room. I own this team <laughs> and, and we're not leaving until we figure this out. They don't have that person that can come in and make that happen. I mean, Robert Kraft was a big part of what went on with Jimmy Garoppolo and Tom Right, he Brady. just stepped in he and just told Bill, you're trading right? him, right? This is exactly. Tom's my guy, yeah. get rid exactly. of him. Exactly, so, so they don't have that type of person in there. And I think the other part that comes kind of into play with this is Aaron threw off the timetable. And to me, yeah. they went through this before with Aaron Rodgers playing the role of Jordan Love <laughs> and Brett Favre, and, and Aaron sat for three years. And, and, and that was a messy situation. If you remember... Yeah. Aaron has not done anything close to what Brett Favre used to do and go, well, maybe I'm going to retire guys. I'm not yeah. entirely sure. And then he'd come back and then like, you know, like toying with them over and over. Like Aaron's never really wavered in how much he likes the backers and wants to be their quarterback. I just think the way he played and he said it to Kenny Mayne, like I threw a monkey wrench in there. Like the timetable was thrown off, but yeah. to me, you should have massaged this situation better. Like the Broncos went and told Drew Locke, they were going to trade for Teddy Bridgewater before the news broke. 
Right. I mean, Drew was arguably the worst quarterback in football last year, and the Broncos respected him enough to tell him that they were going to bring somebody in to compete with him. The, the Vikings told Kirk Cousins they were going to take Kellen Mond in, what was it, right. like the third or fourth round? Like, Tom Brady got a phone call. Do you think anybody has more job security than Tom Brady right now? And they called him to make sure that, that he knew they were taking Kyle Task? Like, it, it, it's, it's just modern stuff. sports. It's communication. I agree with you because I've heard people, it, they don't know him anything. How would they have known they were going to draft a quarterback? They would have known if one was on the board, they were interested. You tell them before the draft, hey, up things, things fall a certain way. We might go quarterback. We don't know that, but we might. If there's a couple guys that are available, we might go after him. And he's still going to be upset that you at least show him the respect of a future exactly. Hall of Famer. Exactly. And he doesn't even have to, like you said, it doesn't even have to be a Hall of Famer. These quarterbacks are asked to be the CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. They do deserve communication, even ones that don't play well, because it's, you're asking them to be the face, the, the, the engine, the car, everything. And then when something important like their job security comes up, well, I just, we don't, we don't need to talk to them. Really? Yeah, exactly. Really? I mean, like, I, I, I love Adam Grant, right? He's, a, he's like a psychologist that, that teaches at Wharton. He's at UPenn in Philly. Maybe that's why I love him, Troy. But he wrote another book called Think Again, The Power of Not Knowing What You, The Power of Knowing What You Don't Know, Right. And he has this great quote in there where he's like talking about companies and, and how they're run and employees, i.e. the quarterback, the players, uh, or anybody in any company, just want their voice to be heard. Doesn't mean you have to listen to their input. I mean, it doesn't mean like what they say will happen, but people as employees in any business just want their voice to be heard. Right. And that doesn't seem like that was happening in Green Bay, right? Like you can go, all right, what are, what are your issues right now, Aaron? Okay, thank you for weighing all those options. I know you right. never take receivers high in the draft. We appreciate it. Thank you for the input. Right. You may not do it, but at least you, you got to li listen to somebody's listen. input. Right. Exactly. And that's a big part of it. And what you said is exactly right. Like, we want to think, and obviously everybody has opinions about athletes. I'm sorry. Superstars drive the league in every single sport. They make your team money. They make the league money. They put money in everybody's pocket. Like it or not, they have to be treated a little bit differently right. than the other 52 guys on your roster. Like Aaron Rodgers, you need to treat a little bit differently than the other 52 guys. It's just the way it is, right? And so when you're coming up short in those aspects, I think that's really the majority of the problem. If they can push this to 2021, I think they can get more for them. But at the same time, I think really to, to say this, I think they're going to call us bluff and just say, yeah. we don't think you're not going to show up the whole time. But we, we don't think that's the case. And the other part to me that jumps out is when he has guys that are really, really close to him, that right. are not just former teammates, like my colleague, James Jones at NFL Network, right? right? When James comes out, who has a great name, comes out and says, like, I think this is fixable on NFL Network. Like, if it wasn't fixable, and I'm uh, guessing that James has talked to Aaron, Aaron would probably say, like, man, don't say anything because yeah, I don't think this is right. fixable, fixable. So just don't even come out and comment on it. Yeah. For him to comment heard that, on to it. your point, we heard that before the Deshaun problems, we heard the exact opposite from everyone around Deshaun, which is he has every right to want. Yeah, this, he's never joke. coming back. Yeah, Everybody close to him was like, no, he's never coming back. Right. I, he's not going to be swayed in this. So that's not the same is. thing. Yeah, maybe it is. Well, I got to ask you about two more quarterbacks uh, as we finish up here. Uh, Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady, two that just the angst of Bronco fans, two guys you've covered a lot in the last two years. You hunkered down in Tampa last year for camp. You were with the Chiefs a lot during their Super Bowl run. And then last year, it, are we are we staring at a rematch, James, of these two again? Where does it stand with you? What is your take on uh, another year of Patrick Mahomes, uh, Tom Brady? 
it's so hard to get back, right, Troy? I mean, getting back to the Super Bowl is, is difficult. I was on Good Morning Football and asked this question, what is the biggest thing that the Bucs need to overcome in terms of repeating? And I, I was on for a week for three hours a day, and that was probably the hardest question I was thinking of trying to answer. You have all 22 starters coming back. You have the greatest player to ever play the game operating in the system for the second year. He didn't even get an off season in a brand new system that he said he wasn't really operating properly until about three fourths of the way through the season. What is Tom Brady in week one going to look like when he now has a full grasp of this offense? Like I, I, to me, health is the only thing that can really hold back the bucks. They have a better slate of schedule than they did a year ago. And then some people say like, Oh, well the playoffs, you know, they ran through, they played three road games in the playoffs. They didn't have home field advantage. They didn't have a buy. They didn't have anything. And they mowed through everybody. So like, I just think in the NFC, it's going to be very difficult to, to do anything with the Bucs, who are actually the division got easier when now you have Sam Darnold and no Drew Brees and, and a Falcons team that doesn't want to admit it, but are rebuilding. Yeah. So you have a very good slate and the way their season ends with, I think it's Panthers, Jets, Panthers. You can cakewalk in, yeah. into a bye. And then with the Chiefs, I think everything comes down to does that offensive line come together? Now, they, you know, spent a ton of capital to get that group and, and put that in place. But to me, something that's not being said enough is Pat Mahomes could line up week one against the Browns, who have a pretty decent defense, with five guys in front of them that were not a part of the Chiefs a year ago. Wow. Like, that is – that's not just an offensive overhaul. That, like, that's a whole new group of guys. So I think that coming together in front of Patrick Mahomes is going to be really, really important. The thing to keep an eye on in Kansas City also is a third pass catcher. Like yeah, Travis Kelsey, Kelsey right? yep, Travis Kelsey and, and Tyree Kill are arguably, you could put them, you can make an argument that each one is the best player at their position, right? But who's that third pass catcher if you take those two guys away? Now, taking those away are very, very hard. The, the Bucs were able to do it, but McCole Hardman needs to step up in that spot. They lost Sammy Watkins. Juju Smith-Schuster, for some reason, wanted to go back to Pittsburgh instead of taking that job because I think if I'm him, I'm like, oh, look at me. I get single coverage every single play as the third option for Patrick Mahomes. So I think that's a big part of it. And I think also this kid, Noah Gray, that they got out of Duke, the tight end, um, he plays very similarly to Travis Kelsey. I'm not saying he's Travis Kelsey. He's a fourth-round pick out of Duke. But if he can play well enough to keep Kelsey fresh, who's now going to be 32 next year. Yeah. I think that's a really, really big play for them down the stretch. So I think that offensive line is everything to the Kansas city chiefs if that gels, but yeah, I, I think the bills are really, really, really good. Uh, they're built just tremendously down the middle. Um, and I, I, I predict a big, big, big season from the Niners. That's another <laughs> that I'm making. I think, I think San Francisco bounces back. They had some of the worst injury luck I've ever seen. Uh, a year ago, and they had one of the hardest schedules in football. They had one of the easiest schedules, according to some people, uh, even though the division's tough. And, and we'll have to see with push comes to shove in Seattle if they can get over the hump with with everything that's gone on there. I think those are your NFC teams. You know, obviously the Packers as well. But um, I, I just think those guys are so good, and it's such a quarterback league, Troy. You know this that like they overcome every right. issue that you can have in a given week and find a way to get you a W. Yep, good quarterbacks camouflage more blemishes than Reblon. They're mm -hmm. the secret thing. And yep. I'm hoping to see you more this year, James. That would mean the Broncos have a winning record 
And right? I predict nine and eight. So that would mean you'd be around a few times. Otherwise, I'll watch you on NFL Network. Again, James, you're the best. James no played high school sports. He played hoops. He played baseball. We used to talk baseball all the time uh, when we were able to meet inside a quasi-media room at the Broncos. So guys right. that love baseball, I usually end up gravitating to. It's just my life, the way it works out. Right. James, you would you love DJ Reader to be a Bronco. That yeah, guy loves to talk ball in the See, locker room. There we go. CJ Anderson was my guy. Matt Paradis. Mm -hmm. I had some baseball guys in there. James, you do a great job on NFL Network. Uh, uh, your Twitter is James Palmer TV, correct? Yep. People want to follow you there. Uh, but James does a great job. You can see, and, and they tweet out a lot of great stuff of his clips when he's on the show, not just Good Morning Football, but all the different platforms on NFL Network. James, thanks so much for my time, man. You're busy. I really appreciate you joining my podcast. Oh, anytime. Anything for you, buddy. You know that. All righty, James. Take care, my man. You too. Well, thank you for joining me for the Believe in Broncos podcast. Again, I'm your host, Troy Rank. I had a great guest today and James Palmer. Again, I'm going to mix in players, uh, those in the media who cover the league, try to give you a variety of guests. And the first thing I always have to do, thank my sponsor, Superbook Sports, my friends over there, and Darby Hoggett and his law firm. Again, Darby's been a friend for years, uh, so check out his website as well. Thanks to my son, Dagan. Uh, for producing the podcast and making these uh, turnarounds much quicker and more timely. And thanks to James Palmer for joining me. James is a great dude. I miss seeing him around. He was around all the time when Peyton Manning was the quarterback of the Broncos. As the Broncos became less relevant, we saw less of James, but uh, still see him enough, and certainly on TV. So check his work out as well on the NFL Network. Again, I do this podcast for you all. Happiness, that begins with me. Go out there and have a great day. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.